Debates, The Great Debates. And in contrast to some episodes where we get right into it with a micro-debate, I think what we're going to do today is um, still get right into it. We're going to do things a little differently. We've got a couple of tops today. They're called, they're what we call must-dos. Now, before we prep an episode, the guys... Uh, we pull together some tops. We talk them over. What's going to work? And then we and then we go. And some tops make it, and some tops don't. These tops that we're going to do today, these are must do, must debate, and um, uh, and I just like at this point to get right into it with a must do. Um, we'll start. Wait, with, I'm sorry. I still don't understand what you mean. So Dave has submitted to you a topic that I don't know. Yes, I, we must debate. Yes, yeah. and, and likewise and me you, to Dave. Yes, to me. And so, you, and you know that, but you're pretending that you didn't understand it for the audience's sake. I just wanted to <laughs> to make sure we were all everybody, you, the three of us, the audience, on the same page. Yeah. Okay. So I now we that are. we are. I would like to tell you that this the following topic, which was submitted by Healy because he sent it to me before Dave did, and we're just going in order, yeah, first come, first good. serve, uh, has not been reviewed by Dave and is uh, classified as a must-do, a must-debate. So here we go. Uh, Steve Healy taking the pro Women and children first should still apply in a shipwreck situation. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. This is a good rule. Um, it's been around for a long time. It's worked pretty well, and I think we should stick with it. Women and children go first in a shipwreck situation. I'll start with children. Of course, they should go first. Second of all, the women, that one I could see being a little bit more controversial, but I think for we men, it's good for us to have that as a known deal we're going to take. We tend to be a little higher risk-taking, a little more uh, adventuresome. We've caused most of the great maritime disasters. I think coming with that should be the responsibility to accept the burden of being last off the ship as a gender. Collectively, we accept that. That's cool. I'm fine with what, you know, Go with whatever gender you consider your gender. That's fine, but it's women and children first on a shipwreck situation. Um, okay, so Healy wants me to take the men's rights uh, side of this, of course, <laughs> and it's a very clever use of a must-do for Healy, and I'll give him that. Um, no, this doesn't make sense. Most shipwreck situations, you don't, first of all, you don't have, there's so many reasons why it's a bad idea, but first of all, you don't have time to classify people by gender. In a shipwreck situation, which is a weird way of phrasing it, but if we're talking about real shipwrecks and not just like maritime disasters, then you're you're basically, it's basically swim to shore, get out while you can, whatever the situation calls for, but we don't have time to classify. It's not going to be, most of these situations aren't going to be like the Titanic, which I think is the most famous women and children first situation, where you're able to be like, okay, we have X amount of time and X amount of lifeboats to, to get who we, we don't have time to prioritize. Save yourself, get in the damn water. I would also add that like, if you do believe that there's some, that like 
men are the more risk taking and you might say more like physically capable people, you might it is to your advantage to have some mixture of men and women in each of whatever it is, these vessels, these rafts, so that whatever situation you find yourself in later, whether that's stranded on an island, whether that's paddling in the ocean for hours on end, you have uh, a let's call it a uh, diversity of talents among whatever group you have with you, whether that's three people or 30 people. I don't know, you know, how what kind of life raft you're picturing, but um, the, the main priority should be to maximize chances of survival at this time. And I would add that one of the final reasons is that we are uh, there are people who would not classify themselves as either of these genders, men or women, and I don't think it would be fair to them to say, uh, women and children first, you choose which one, especially in a life and death situation, this is not the time to use that sort of categorizing to determine which people should be safe first. Uh, end of opening statement. Okay, great. Dave made three arguments. I picked this topic as a must-do because I wanted to hear his arguments, and I respect them. I'm going to demolish them now, but I'm glad that I heard them. <laughs> uh, you the know first... what? Can, can we pause for a second? I don't, <laughs> you don't, I don't need you to do that. I don't need you to, like, respect them. I don't need you to pretend that, uh, okay. you know, I did a great, great job or something. I think you did a fine, very respectable job. I didn't say great. Just go ahead and try to demolish. Stick to the actual first, debate. A, first is a hypothetical where it's totally chaos and you get thrown into the water or whatever. Everybody knows, and you know, if you're tossed into the water, you just jump off the ship. That's fine. In Titanic, you were allowed to do that if you're a man. You could jump off the ship and swim for yourself. That's fine. We're talking about basically lifeboats or getting into exits or like a situation Why? where there is some categorized well, that's, that's not fair. That's you said in a shipwreck applies. situation. True, but you know we all know it, women and children first has long been a law of the sea. In a situation where you just get tossed into the ocean or you can jump for it, that's allowed. But when there are limited resources, how do we allocate them? That's where this rule applies. Okay. Next was Dave's diversity of talents, which I sort of like. Yeah, it's great. But on the other hand, I think some coherence actually, I think it, like an all-woman lifeboat would arguably cohere a lot better than a mixed-gender lifeboat. There'd be less likelihood of sexual tension, for one thing, and less You're um, worried about aggro. sexual tension. Let's use the Titanic as an example. <laughs> You're worried about sexual tension in a life less raft like after aggro, the Titanic? Less aggro male You're energy. You're worried that people and, who are trying to survive are going to be worried about, like, am I? maybe I should make a pass at this one? Woman or this guy's going to make a pass at me. But more than anything, it's just too complicated to sort that out, to start allocating uh, percentages. So I think keeping the rule clear and simple, women and children first, is better for that. No, purpose. but Healy, okay, your, but let, well, let's your, just... Dave, let, your third argument was about people who don't consider themselves one gender or another. Very small minority of people, as we've said, it should be clear that you just go with whatever you think is, is appropriate for you at that time. It's fine. It's clear. Make your decision and go. Okay, so for what I've heard from your three arguments, the first is you're making up a new rule, which is that, like, the shipwreck means that this is a situation where there's lifeboats, which is absurd because most shipwrecks don't have lifeboats. The second thing you said is that um, there should be a clear and simple organizing principle and, not, and we shouldn't break it down with some, like, percentages of men and women. I'm not suggesting that the rule should be, like, Every life raft needs to be sixty between forty and sixty percent male or female. What I'm suggesting is you just get in the damn lifeboats, or just everybody just try to save yourself as quickly as you can, as quickly as possible. Get to a whatever is the next safest possible situation. Be that a boat, be that shore, whatever. And then okay, uh, Healy, let me let me just go through this. And then whatever sort of like semi randomly selected. Uh, 
you know, breakdown of genders there happens to be at that next stage of the <laughs> this journey is fine. You're not I'm not saying that there's any categorization. It's even simpler than women and children first. It's no categorization. And the third thing you said I think is pretty crazy, which is just like just because these are a very small minority of people, they somehow don't matter, which I think is like pretty ludicrous. No, I did not say that. You did, did not you say said that. well this is a very small minority that was the implication. You said, well it's a very small minority of people and you said well, whatever gender that you you feel you uh, identify with, you just go with that. Some people... I didn't say identify with. I said whichever one feels right for you in that moment. Okay, well, for some people, that's going to be problematic. And also, I would say, another reason not to do that, by the way, is that even in... Excuse me? In non-life-threatening situations, even when the very rules are mentioned, let's say you get on a cruise and for the and the people are expressing, here's what we're going to do in the state of emergency, there's no reason to bring up genders in a situ- because it's going to be uh, triggering or offensive or whatever you want to call it for a certain group of people, albeit, in your words, a very small minority as if that somehow matters how many of them there are. Quite frankly, those are the people we should be sticking up for the most. And I think you know that. So... I, the, your th- to, to to limit this discussion solely to the actual emergency situations, I think, is a mistake. Because the truth is that most of the times we talk about women and children first, or most of the time you hear emergency instructions are not when the actual emergency happens. I would bring to mind, like, every time you get on a plane. Now, imagine every time you got on a plane, for example, they said, this is a hyperbolic example, but they said, in the event of an emergency, Jews go on this side and Gentiles will go on this side. Well, that would be okay, that's uh, not really relevant to, or helpful. I think or, it is. I think it's like a hyperbolic example of the kind of thing you're hyperbolic. talking about, I which agree. is a mid emergent, which is a like not sorry, not mid emergency, but a non emergency situation that brings people into an uncomfortable situation for no reason. So simply saying women and children first. When you're just explaining the rules to people, I think is problematic in and of itself. And I think that okay. alone, I'm going to say that that's my closing statement because I've rebuffed all of your arguments to I'm, my arguments and you've introduced no new arguments as to why women and children first is a good idea. I would like to address that argument in one sec, but first I want to deal with the fact that if, if it's basically Dave's world where everybody runs for themselves, unfortunately, the men are more aggro and tend to be larger and there's going to be more men in those lifeboats and that's bad for society and bad for the survivors, in my opinion. Second of all, Dave brings up the fact that it may cause some pain for people who do not conform to one gender or another to have to consider this. And it's, I will concede that that may be hurtful or stressful for a group of people that's not very large. I'm sorry about that, but it is a cost of having this rule, which is a rule we've had for a long time. It's a rule that works. I think the rule applied very well. It it helps save the lives of children uh, first, most importantly. And then I think it creates simplicity and uh, a more likelihood of a, happily balanced lifeboat than an all-male or everybody-for-themselves catastrophe. I mean, we've run into, I'm sorry, we've run into this all the time, but the idea that for some reason that because a rule is, like, long-held that that somehow makes it better is so absurd that I can't believe you'd actually use that as an argument. Most of the worst rules are the oldest ones. I mean, I, that's so self-evident you have to, to You me. have to... I, I don't how understand, has like, How has all people... Uh, how have the humanity passed this down from generation to generation. Like, I'm not saying that it means that it's good, but you've got to prove why it's not. You've got to show why it's not. End of conversation. You're not saying that it's good. You're just saying that it's old. 
That's I'm saying it. it's wise to start with the wisdom of people who lived before us. That's a, that's why humans are able to evolve beyond other species because we can learn from people who are dead. I think it's good to start with what they've discovered. And if we can't find a reason to change it, as you have failed to do in this debate, okay. then we should. So next time you're on a cruise, women and children first will make a sacrifice to the sun God so that the sun comes up the next morning because well, that's, that's the oldest one wisdom that we've we dismissed have. with. You know that. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you that's haven't, one you haven't advanced us past. That's the fun of this debate is you have to advance us past women and children well, first. If you want, okay. I'm afraid you haven't. Okay. Well, Healy, if we, I'm not suggesting that uh, like every man for himself is necessarily the best version of what to do in the case of emergency. But I think there's other like, I, w- I don't know if the right word is marginalized, but like um, compromised or defenseless groups of people who we should be who if we're actually going to make a rule about, we should get to the front of the line, so to speak, along with women and children. I, I mean, why aren't, I, I why aren't in physically disabled people you're in right. that group? Absolutely. They in principle, yeah. you're right. OK. But in in uh, that's practice, great. we you're need done. a very no, because in practice, we need a very simple, clear, understandable rule that everybody knows that they can execute quickly in an emergency that doesn't have a lot of ambiguity. I mean, if you guys want to gather in Switzerland and come up with a better rule, that's great. I, we haven't done great. so yet. So I think we should stick well, I've with only the rule had we have four, for now. five minutes. I just heard this topic for the first time five minutes ago. I feel like I'm allowed to have some wiggle room to say that there might be a better, simple organizing principle other than women and children first. I mean, even just saying women, children, and for lack of a better term, disabled people first first already like that's just okay, barely right, that's more complicated announcement you have to make okay well is it not worth the extra half a second it takes to say that the, to make sure i that think you're people... changing a rule that everybody knows and that's going to be difficult that's a big project okay so this is another i think actually you're raising a great point here which is that when rules change it actually brings attention to the rules in a new way. The best thing that ever happened for Pluto's PR was when it was no longer classified as a planet. Everybody was talking about Pluto. Now, if you ask people to name the planets, the, one of the first things they're going to say is like, okay, well, I know Pluto's not a planet because that happened, whatever it was, 15 years ago, and it was totally crazy. So to that, if if for, if the president of the United States tomorrow came out and said, we're changing the rule, it's not <laughs> women and children first, it's whatever the new rule is, that would be like a colossal advantage for the new rule it would be like the most attention that rule has ever gotten it would be fantastic as a by the way ask your average 12 year old if they've ever heard women and children first i don't think they have i don't think it's like actually said as often as you're implying like i don't think that if you go on the staten island ferry they say like you know doors closing remember women and children first like that doesn't happen do you think if they if the Staten Island Ferry sank and a bunch of bros like rushed themselves to the lifeboats ahead of all the women and children that the next day in the New York Post they'd be like hailed as heroes or it'd be like bro you you violated the code? I think it depends what the what the situation was. I think if they like crawled over her if they like threw women and children backwards in their efforts to get to the lifeboats then they would be vilified. But if they just ran and they just beat all the women and children that's fine. I think if they didn't try to help anyone else, regardless of their gender, they would be uh, there. Would they would be at the very least questioned? But, but do I, you think if we if we had a boat, if like if like what happened was everybody worked together to get a boat of women and children, and they got off, and it, and that's who was saved? Would anyone be mad about that? 
Would that be bad? If it were just women and children? Yes, of course. The uh, Would anyone? Yes, of course. The wives and girlfriends and mothers and fathers of the men who died I mean, they'd on the satellite. They'd yes, sad, they'd be very mad. But I don't know if they'd be mad. Of course they'd be mad. Who'd they be mad at? The women and children who got on there first? I, yeah, probably. What, my son's life is less important than yours? The 80-year-old woman who got on the Staten Island, uh, the 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 old woman who got on the Staten Island ferry lifeboat because she was a woman, the Kathy Bates of this situation, if you will, who uh, who her life is somehow deemed more important than my 18-year-old son who grew up, who born and raised in Staten Island and now the very ferry that bears the name of his hometown brings him to his watery death? How dare you? Yes, of course I'm upset. End of end of end of everything. Golden bu- golden silver bullet, whatever you call it. <laughs> I definitely want an end of everything. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> um, Healy, how do you think Dave did? I thought he did great. I think he did great. <laughs> I think you did great too, but but I think he had a hard job and he really he really like took his time and got there. He he was on the ropes for a while. Man, I, I tried to Dave, you were on the ropes, I, I, but you really got there. I big think. time. I rope a dope. <laughs> I tried to closing statement about seven minutes ago. I didn't know that you were uh, winning at that point. No, no, I was trying to tap out. And then yes. I'm gonna have to listen to the tape and see where I, where I screwed up there. <laughs> yeah, take take this one to the film room for sure. I oh, think man. something, you know, wasn't this really a rule when there was like when this life-saving devices, there was like some scarcity and like now we've got a lot more procedure in place. So really everyone can get off. Is that a thing? And so really it's just like everybody who's not the crew goes first and then, you know, walk on the line. (laughs) Like they don't say this on planes, do they? Like when they're like, I don't, I think they go by row, you know? So what are we even talking about? Why do we, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it man. seemed to me that it would spark a good conversation. Yeah, I think it did. <laughs> I declared I it. Think it did. I, I think got pretty it animated. <laughs> um, oh. I apologize to the listeners if I sound a little stuffed up. I'm, I, I'm, I've got a little case of the winter or somethings, but man. Mm-hmm. Dave, can I tell the you what something. a must do that we didn't, we didn't do that I pulled out? My, my backup, my second place must do. I'll do better than that. Mm. I haven't heard this, but if it's good, I'll let, maybe we just go right into it. Because I don't, I mean, mine <laughs> oh, is that's fine. that's interesting. But, okay, okay. Well, yeah, go it ahead. Was, it was, you wish, you kind of wish you'd gone, you kind of wish you'd gone to see Billy Crystal in 700 Sundays. Mm. And I didn't put it in because I thought maybe you had gone to see him and you and you would say, well, Healy, I did go see him and I hated it. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I, how about this? Let's talk about it. Maybe this is just a talk about. Wonderful top about him's host Jack kind of segue. Uh-huh, Here's my first reaction. Works. My first reaction is I didn't go to see it, <laughs> but I've watched it on HBO Oh. If I'm not, if I'm being honest with myself, I've probably watched it three or four times. <gasps> wow. Like three or four whole times. Yeah. And wow. it's wow. not that I think that it's great, but it's very watchable. 
And I think I'm very happy that I've watched it on HBO and didn't go to see it at oh. the Schubert Theater. Or I think if I had spent $180 to see Billy Crystal talk about whatever, I don't even remember anything from it now, but I don't need that. Well, did, what do you, have you seen it, either of you? I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Heard from more than one of my like cynical friends that you'll see, go to see it. It's yeah. actually, you know, yeah, like, I heard that too. <laughs> I think I feel pretty like gross with myself about giving Billy Crystal money in any way, but what? who cares? I don't know. I don't know. Um, interesting, Dan. Thoughts on Billy mm. Crystal's 700 Sundays? You know, I we I feel like we did a, uh, some 90s films in recent memory and like Billy Crystal was brought back to mind as like a guy who was sort of running the show for a minute and very popular. <laughs> and it's crazy. So, it's crazy that he was a romantic comedy lead. He looks like me. It's nuts. It's it is when you stand him up next to Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's remarkable that he made it happen. Um and then hosted the Oscars for like 20 years in a row or whatever it was. So he was I, you know, I don't know. I'm interested. I'd like to see it. I'd like to bring it I don't it back know that what Oscars. I said, I would have said that three years ago. What's that? I, I bring him back for the Oscars. Who would I mean? About that? Yeah. He probably see, won't do it, I guess. But. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> Can he do it? Does he still have the stamina? <laughs> I think he could do um, it. I think there's the, part the of drugs him who wants got to do yeah. it. Yeah. He wants to do it. Yeah. Um, He's got to. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if we should pull out uh, Dave's must-do here and just get right back into the spirit of debating. It's must-do. It's must-do night. It's must-do episode. <laughs> yeah, Are let's you guys ready? Go, let's go. We, so this yeah. is it's very exciting because uh, in the previous debate, uh, Healy took the pro in his own top. So Dave had an entire opening statement in order to prepare. But we're about to put Healy on the spot. With a um, blind must-do pro. Healy, do you want a little bit of time? Do you want to hear the top and then Medina and I can vamp for a little bit while you... No. Okay, all right. I waved waved my right to vamp. (laughs) He's waving the vamping rights. He's waving his vamp. vamp Wow. I thought for sure he'd invoke. I might take... You know, the space of seven breaths like a samurai. Okay, love mm-hmm. it. All right, Medina, hit Okay, hit, hit Steve Healy taking the pro on a Dave King submitted must do. The topic is America <laughs> will enjoy Usher's Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, I mean, thank you for the softball up the middle. Yeah, of course they will. <laughs> How can they not? It's going to be a lot like Rihanna's show, I think, which is you're going to be reminded about a lot of bangers that Usher put out there. Now, can I summon all of them and do them for you? No, but I'm, when I hear them, I'm going to remember them. I'm going to be reminded of happy times in my life. Usher's a great showman. This is it, It's actually a great setup that we just had talking about Billy Crystal coming back to host the Oscars. Mm. This is the music equivalent. This is a guy who was at the top, near the top, top three of his game for a long time. It's been a while. And it's time for him to come back in a big way. 
and he's going to do great. Now, plus it's the Super Bowl halftime show. It's a lot of fun. It, you know, it's in the background. You're getting chips. You're talking to somebody, you know, it, it, you can experience it and enjoy it in any number of ways. The people who are riveted are going to have a great time. The people who are just picking up bits and pieces are going to have a nice little nostalgia trip, background music. America's going to love it. Okay. There's will the, oh, but, but we'll, yeah, sorry, one thing. I, will the critics, will friggin' no, Vulture no, I whatever? said America. Probably not. I said America. America, that's the those that's the criteria. Yeah, America will. Twitter will. And you know what? Worst case, it's a total. Uh, there's also like the sort of shoehorn of it where it could go all the or, uh, horseshoe where it could go all the way and America enjoys it by roasting it and talking about how stupid it is. That's like another way they could enjoy it. I think it's very unlikely it lands in a space where it's just like people don't get any pleasure from it. Okay, well the the sub the topic is where America will be happy. It's not whether they'll like. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, they'll be happy okay. one way or another. Okay, yeah. all right. They'll be, happy. they'll be happy with it. Okay, so here's the problem with Super Bowl halftime shows that Usher has to face. One is that America usually is unhappy. They usually don't like it. They usually complain about the halftime show. And the other is that the bar is so high for like a good. Super Bowl halftime show. You mentioned that it's going to be like Rihanna. Rihanna put on a very inventive, colorful, really thoughtful. You had this surprise of her being pregnant. There were aerials going on. It was like an incredible like fashion statement. I think I don't know if it was the year before that or not, but you had the um, the Snoop Dogg Dre 50 Cent surprise. Obviously, there's going to be some surprise guests or whatever. But he just doesn't have the hits. He doesn't have the vision that, like, these other artists have. I mean, if you remember the good ones, they really stand out. Prince, In the Rain, the big silhouette of the guitar. Those are the ones that America was happy. Sorry, I had to cough. The other problem is that, like, Sorry, as I said, America's usually unhappy. They love to crap on the halftime show. For some reason, that's like one of the fun things about the Super Bowls that everybody sits around and goes like, this is lame, what song is this? And if you look at Usher's like repertoire of songs, I can't really think of many of them either, except for like that song, Yeah, with Lil John. And I'm like, I actually think you're gonna hear his songs that goes and go like, those are the those are his hits. I remember the song. It was kind of lame. That's the end of my opening statement. I'm going to cough again now. Okay. I'm not going to be so foolish as to claim that Usher's on the level of Prince or Rihanna. He's not. He's as a visionary. However, Dave, right at the very end, he, he gave me something that made me re-believe in my own argument, which is if we see little John, <laughs> And they do that, like everybody's, that, that's going to bring back such a, that man had such a, just he when he did? was doing his thing, it was great. He's since become a great booster figure of Atlanta. No. He's just, he's got a lot of love out there. And when people see that, that would definitely be great. And my case for Usher isn't that he's an artist on the level of Prince and Rihanna, but right. Nor he is songs. a great producer put her together feeler of vibe and i think he will put together something really special and really cool just as and also like he knows he's a smart guy he knows this is a big comeback opportunity that he has to nail or not what evidence and I think do you have that usher a is a smart and guy he's gonna land it what, what are you basing this on that usher is smart i think my my Smart, maybe not in your SAT sense, Dave, but I think anyone who achieves that right. level has a certain okay. uh, innate or uh, 
might might not be a verbal intelligence, but it's an ability to read the vibe, surf the wave of the culture, pick up on what people are into. Just you, you don't become usher without something. Okay. You well, you know me. Smart. I demand that people take the SATs to prove that they're smart because that's how <laughs> narrow my definition of smart is. Uh, I want to introduce a new uh, argument here, which is that the, he uh, basically like. What am I trying to say? It's not uncommon at all that people are unhappy with the halftime show for reasons that have nothing to do with the artist. Uh, Twice in the last, whatever it is, 20 Super Bowls, we've had the famous like Janet Jackson situation and you had MIA flipping off uh, the camera during the, was it Madonna? People were Basically, half of America was furious with the halftime show for reasons that had nothing to do with the halftime artist. Something happens. It's not uncommon at all that people are very are not just unhappy, but mad with the halftime show. Will Usher choose to take a knee in protest in some way? Will he do something with the American flag? I'm not saying he's that kind of guy, but this kind of thing, for some reason, tends to happen at the Super Bowl halftime show. All eyes are on it. The smallest thing, the smallest criticism of either patriotism or whatever, uh, or standards in any way tend to be like really uh, scrutinized and people tend to lose their shit over it. And it's not like just an online thing where people are like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. There's like absolutely like true outrage where it's like my children were watching and something happened that I didn't want them to see. There's a high chance of that sort of thing happened in addition to the fact that he just doesn't have the sort of call it jukebox musical quality that you look for in a uh, in a good, happy making halftime show artist. I don't remember the MIA thing. I think it's arguable that in total, you don't America's remember ha- America's happiness was actually raised by the Janet Jackson business, especially over time. But I think I'm going to conclude with just this: it's you can feel it out there. We're so ready for nostalgia and to be taken back to the time Usher represented, and when he summons us back to that time as a nation. We're going to enjoy going along with him. Could it go wrong? Of course. It could always go wrong. Could it fall flat? Of course. That that can happen. But I just don't think Usher has come back from essentially, you know, the, the, the distant past, the dead, to revive himself and his career. And he's not going to leave us with something that we all enjoy. Um I don't even know what Usher closing statement is like nostalgia, what nostalgia he represents. Like what time in your life are you talking about? Are you thinking about like 2003? Are you talking about like 2012? Like he's sort of just been in the background of American culture for the last 30 years in a uninspiring, minimal way. The qualities that make Usher a good performer are the things that make him a good show in Vegas. He puts, he's a good dancer, I guess, but frankly, he's getting like kind old he has some hits and he puts on a show but is he gonna put on the kind of show that we're used to seeing at super bowl halftime no again jay-z was brought in by the way to be a he just won an emmy for co-directing rihanna's halftime show that's the kind of vision the kind of like genius the kind of like almost like art performance that you need to put on to make a halftime show memorable given the standards that we've had over the last like 10 to 20 years. And I don't think Usher's going to bring it. Mm. 
I'm trying to decide if I got a really strong feeling either way. I think right. what I will right. say probably is, not. here's what I'm going to say. Healy came right out and said, thank you for the softball. But I don't know that it was a softball. And I think that's such a Healy you know, trick to be. Just, what I got from Healy is that we're going to like the halftime show, no matter no matter who's up there. And I think what I got from Dave is that I, you know, Usher really is a no matter who's up there kind of a guy. <laughs> Where does that leave us? I'm not sure. Huh. As a listener, I was pretty convinced by Dave's argument. Whoa. I mean, yeah. Usher is, he's starting negative 20. He's not he's up really? to the level of what we he's want. He's way back. He's going to have to dig himself out of a hole, and I don't think, I wouldn't bet on him doing it. Interesting. Myself. Okay, wait, Healy, now I'm curious. Let's play Honest Steve. When okay. you mm-hmm. heard the top, <laughs> when, you, when you heard the top, did you actually think it was a softball or did you were were you like, ooh, I that is he is not a great halftime performer? I got excited about just the fact that the ha- <laughs> about the, I thought I could make the case, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when I heard that Usher was hosting the Super Bowl halftime show, did I feel good and excited and happy? No, I felt that should have been mm-hmm. that should have been my whole argument right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are we, I mean, we're all hoping for Taylor Swift, right? Or something I mean, who else is there? Mm-hmm. No? Uh, certainly her name was like, you had to think about her when you heard right. who was going to I mean, I know I'm not going to get guided by voices, so, or whatever. So, like, give <laughs> Pavement? me... Pavement? Usher I'm, and Pavement. Can dream. Would that be? Would that make people happy? No. People, I don't think so, no. <laughs> Minus Taylor, who would be, like, next biggest? Like, Bad Bunny or something? Mm-hmm. Bad Bunny. I don't know. I'm not the guy to ask. I don't know. Would America? Not here's anymore. a question. Phoebe Bridgers? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Something <laughs> it is. Y- yeah, I don't know. Probably. I mean, no, people wouldn't like that. Would no. what Chris about Stapleton or something? Oh, maybe there's like a countryish person. Yeah. That yeah. How that come I a country know? person Would... never breaks through on the dang Super Bowl of all the possible events? It just right. seems like the one where we might like it's they might it might there. happen. This could have been it. How would America respond to a Bob Dylan halftime show? I mean, amazing. Like if he, I think, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think they might be more confused than anything. I think think that's um, probably true. They wouldn't like, they wouldn't like, have you you guys seen Bob Dylan live in the last? Yeah. It's almost like a, like a witching parody of Bob Dylan or something. I mean, I love. I saw him a couple of years ago in New York. I absolutely loved it, but it it does not have. It's not the same energy as like the weekend or whatever. Like, it's a very different tone. All right, must do. That was fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the show though. After having had this debate happen, because now we get to really see the stakes have right. been set. You know. What is he um, open with? <clears throat> yeah. I don't what know any of have? it has to be you uh, know yeah it has to come later he has to open with a song that's like oh what if he does yeah, all Bob Dylan one. songs what if Usher does all Bob Dylan songs or he does that the Taylor would, Swift best of Taylor Swift that would be his best move honestly if he just if he played just straight up cover front to back or something <laughs> I mean he'd get a lot of new fans 
a crazy bit. Um, I like the must-dos. I thought it was kind of fun. It lent an air of excitement to the proceedings. There um, were some unknowns. There was some spontaneity that was cool. Yeah. Um, I had a good time. You know. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was funny what we decided, like... These topics have to be debated today. Very, <laughs> very <laughs> right down the middle. Could have been any other episode. Any episode. <laughs> <laughs> but they were fun. Oh, absolutely. All right. Good work, everyone. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of any other episode, uh, we'll probably be back in about a week with another one. So you know, yeah. we'll have more more you know, swings to take at the. Um, at the softballs. <laughs> at the pinata. Um, okay, folks. Thank you for joining us on The Great Debates. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King. And the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. It's gonna burn for me to say this But it's coming from my heart It's been a long time coming But we've been falling apart Really wanna work this out But I don't think you're gonna change I do, but you don't Think it's best we go our separate ways